Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, IDP Army. Everything about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What is up, IDP Army? What's up, fantasy football fans? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk, you already know, on Twitter. And this is the IDP Army podcast. Today, we are going to be doing a mailback episode. I'm pulling some questions from the Discord. I'm pulling some questions from Twitter. I'm pulling questions from Facebook. I'm going to answer them for you as we get rolling into the actual fantasy season. This is the last day of May, or second to last day of May. Um, And we're rolling into June, which is full fantasy season. So it's going to be a great show. Stick around. Let's get to it, baby. All right, as you already know, hit the bell, subscribe to the channel, leave us a little comment. We love talking to y'all. Got some questions from the YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, what before we get going, I want to tell you guys, you know, make sure you check out our sponsor of this show, which is Underdog Fantasy for this summer. Go sign up right now. You get a sign-in bonus of up to $100 deposited to you. Sign up for the Best Ball Mania 3. Sign up for the Puppy Drafts. You can play other sports as well. They're our partner. They're where we play best ballers, where we play daily fantasy, and that's a platform that we love. And if you guys want to do us a solid, you want to support the channel while also making a little Skrilla for yourself, that cold, hard cash, sign up for Underdog right now. There's a link in the description of this podcast and this episode on YouTube. Or you can use the code IDP Army, all one word, and that'll get us all a little throwback. So we appreciate you, IDP Army. All right, so this is a mailbag episode, so I'm going to focus on some questions that I pulled from the various spots and maybe even some for the live stream. I see we have a question. Oh, we got my man Hustler in here. What up, Hustler? Y'all, if you're watching this, go check out Hustler's channel. He's a real G. He knows what's up. Um, but let's get back to it here. Um, okay, so we're going to go over news first. I'm not going to filter through everything. I'm just going to kind of hit the highlights of what I've kind of noticed. Um, been kind of slow, so you haven't seen a lot, a lot of content coming out, but Wanted to hit on some things. So notably, Deion Jones looking like he's going to miss the entire offseason with a quote-unquote shoulder injury. I have speculation on this, or I've seen speculation on this, that this is essentially just 
a move to get him out of the building. Um, it's like a kind of a standoffish type thing. There's, 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 there's layers of this. It's not, I don't even know if he's really injured. That's what they're saying. Um, they drafted the linebacker. I believe his name is Troy Anderson, who a lot of people like. They have Michael Walker. They let Olukum walk in the offseason. So to let Deion Jones go seems kind of counterintuitive right now, but also they seem to want to just raise it all to the ground in Atlanta, which you can't blame them. You know what I mean? I mean, Deion Jones is good, but he's a linebacker. I hate to be that guy, and I'm not that guy. I mean, he's a running back of, you know, the defense. You know, I feel like they're replaceable, but he's a good linebacker. But again, Atlanta's in a really, really weird spot. So I'm not going to say fade him. I'm not going to just watch. Don't do anything crazy. He still is one of the top linebackers technically like on the good side in the league. I um, mean, he just came off. I don't know how he finished this last year, but two years ago he was a top uh, 12 linebacker. So don't fade him too much. He's going to land somewhere and he'll be all right. But I do want to, you know, know if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan and you think Deion Jones is going to be on the Falcons this year, you might want to rethink that. So I wanted to bring that up. Another thing I saw was Kenny Moore holding out right now for a contract. Kenny Moore is one of the top three defensive backs and pretty much everybody, not cornerbacks, and pretty much everybody's rankings. He plays that slot corner role for the Indianapolis Colts. Kenny Moore has been really, really a meaningful part of why that deep secondary has been successful the last few years. I mean, they had Xavier Rhodes and just some other hodgepodge of corners. He's really, really good. Uh, gets a lot of tackles, makes a lot of defended passes. He can play downhill. He can get up on the line of scrimmage. He's kind of like a Marlon Humphreys type where he's slot corner, but don't say that like in a way where you think it's like slander because he's really, really good at his position. Um, so I'm not anticipating him missing any real time because he is one of the better corners in the league. I think he'll get paid eventually. So but I did want to bring it up because um, I know it's out there. Tredavis White, another corner, one of the best outside corners in the league for the Buffalo Bills. He's on schedule for his ACL rehab. Definitely uh, good to hear that he's on schedule. Came off a pretty good season two years ago. This last year tore the ACL. Didn't get <clears throat> have a chance to really make a difference for your team. So you'll probably be able to get him at a discounted price. And ACLs, you know, players recover from that fully nowadays. Uh, so I wouldn't fade him too, too much either, especially if you're in a cornerback-specific league. Um, you know, Travis White is going to continue to, you know, play at a high level probably in the nfl for a while he's not like a stefan gilmore where um i forget what happened to his knee or whatever but it was like bad bad and i mean you haven't really heard his name since he won defensive player of the year much um so this is not that just want to put that out there in the world in other cornerback news and now i'm actually looking at my notes here my next two bullet points are corners which is kind of funny but uh, jc horn was a rookie uh last year that the first round rookie first cornerback i believe taken off the board by the panthers last year Injured himself week six or seven. Was having a pretty good season this year, um, but he's a full go right now, quote unquote, from him, his camp, the news that I saw. That's good. That's what you want to hear. Um, the defense on the Panthers needs him to be okay. You know what I mean? He he was billed kind of as a big play guy, um, kind of a bully at the defensive back position, You know, kind of like built like a safety, kind of like a Jalen Ramsey, built up kind of like a safety, but still a great outside corner. And so that team definitely, you know, you wanted to see a full year development rolling into year two injury. Okay, we'll take it. You know, I mean, it's good to hear he's full go. And it's not, I don't think he's like lost his starting job or anything. Um, and he could really develop into a really good corner. So that's good to hear. And then the Ravens signed Kyle Fuller. A couple of years ago, Kyle Fuller, when he was on the, the, the Bears, was a lot better for fantasy and just a lot better in general. Not a good year last year with the Broncos. But the Broncos' entire defense... 
was kind of just meh last year. I mean, if we're being honest, meh at best, meh on a good game. So, you know, getting him to play where he doesn't have to be necessarily the second or first or even the second best corner on his team, going to the Ravens where Marcus Peters exists, where uh, Marlon Humphreys exists, where now they add Kyle Hamilton exists, you know, Chuck Clark's still there. He's not necessarily going to have to probably do so much. So, again, in a cornerback specific league, he's probably going to be a player you're going to be able to get um, easily. And he's probably going to get some good playing time, and there'll definitely be chances for him to make points in that division. Uh, you know, with a lot of high flyers, Joe Burrow, um, Deshaun Watson, asterisk by that one. We're still not sure how much time he's going to miss, if he's going to miss time, etc. But theoretically, for the next couple of years, should be a high flying division with Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, um, Kenny Pickett? Question mark. Um, Got to ride for my guy. Go pick it. And then let's see here. Any other news that I have? Okay. Um, well, I did have one other thing, but I'm actually going to transition that when we go into the next segment of the show, which is going to be the actual mailbag, the questions that I have. I have about four or five different questions or things that I've uh, been talking to people about. Want to bring them up here on the show. Um, so stick around. We'll get to that in just a second. Hey, IDP Army. Hope you guys and gals are enjoying the episode we have for you today. We want to take a little break and tell you about our partners at Underdog Fantasy. Use the link in the description or the code IDPARMY when you sign up. They're going to give you a deposit match bonus of up to $100. And you can play all kinds of sports on Underdog Fantasy, not just NFL. They have NFL, NBA, MMA, PGA. They have everything. If you're in any sport, they generally have something there for you. Go check them out. Tell them we sent you. Go sign up for the Best Ball Mania 3 draft. That is their giant draft that they have every year. Best Ball draft. The winner of that this year is going to win $1 million. The total prize pool is $10 million. We've got content on the channel for it. We have episodes of the podcast for it. We have rankings for it. Go sign up for Underdog Fantasy. That's where we play best ball. Hopefully, we will see you in a draft. Thanks, and now back to the show. All right, so like I said, we're going to do a mailbag show. I have... A lot of different questions to cover, both offense and defense, um, you know, relating to the dynasty index, relating to some defensive player values, some trade stuff, etc. If you guys want your questions answered, feel free to at me at 50 Shades of Drunk, at the IDP Army on Twitter. You can leave comments on the channel as well. You can even leave comments now, I think, on Spotify. So if you guys want to leave comments there. Also have a Twitter group with IDP Army Alpha Chat group with a bunch of guys that play IDP. Um, if you want to get thrown into that, just hit me up on Twitter again. I'll throw you in there. I'm not going to charge you guys anything for that. You know, I'm not saying that like I'm going to build your teams out for you, etc. I do a lot more hands-on work with my Patreons, but at the same time, like if I'm around and I see some good content and some good conversation going on in there, I'm definitely diving in. And we got a lot of smart guys in there. I mean, guys that probably better IDP than I am even. So good stuff going on in there. The OP guys are in there. Some of the guys from football guys are there, etc. etc. Good spots to come hang out um and just talk IDP, fancy football, etc. So some of these questions did come from there. Again, other spots as well. So I actually want to start with something that is not even a question, but I was listening to, and I don't really listen to a lot of fantasy podcasts anymore, but I was listening to the late round podcast together yesterday for the first time in probably seven, eight months. And it was good because it, you know, it orients your mind on what the overall 
fantasy player community, the creator community, the people who do this, how they're feeling on players, especially when you get a person like JJ Zacharyson, who is a big figurehead with a lot of data and well, you know, well, a track record of being good and a way to articulate his stuff and put it out there quickly and efficiently and consistently. So a lot of people take information that people like he says or like the fantasy footballers say, and they sort of adopt it to their own and they use a lot of the, the, the backing and information they have to support it. And that's fine. That's normal. You know, I mean, people put information out. We want you to use it, talk about it, run it through your filters, your systems, et cetera. But one thing he said on his show this last week, it kind of, I don't want to say it triggered me, but it got me going was he said, um, I don't remember exactly for verbatim, but he said, Chase Claypool regressed, took a step back in 2021. And I was just like, hold the phone. Like, I know that that, Sounds like the narrative, but let's talk about the actual facts. So I pulled up Chase Claypool's information from 2021 and 2020, both years where he had Big Ben, both years where Juju was still around, a little injured, both years with Deontay. There's not a lot different except Najee was there the second year, all right? So I'm laying the table here for you. In 2021, this last year, he played 15 games, okay? So every number that I give you for 2021, remember, was a 15-game context, okay? 2020... Two years ago, he played 16 games. So he had an extra game to get the points and all the stuff he accumulated. So let's compare. In 2016, when he played 16 games, or 2020, when he played 16 games, he had 873 yards. The next year, 2021, he had 860. He only had 13 fewer total yards and he played one less game. All right? Let's talk 2021 again. Um, so in 2021 or 2020, what did he do with 16 games? Um, yards a game, yards a game or receptions a game, 3.9. 2021, the exact same, 3.9. Okay. Yards a game. This is where it actually kind of gets humorous to me. Yards a game in 2020, in 16 games, he had 54.6 yards a game. The next year, this last year, the year that J.J. Zacharyson said he took a step back, um, 57.3 yards a game, more yards per game. The major difference, he had more rushes, too, this last year than his rookie season. All right, the major difference was the touchdowns. As a rookie, he had nine receiving, and then he had two rushing. He had 11 total touchdowns as a rookie on you know, quite a few touches, I believe. What was his total targets? He had 109 targets in 20. 20 2021 he had 105 targets again he played one fewer game and if he would have played that game he would have had almost like again 3.9 targets per game almost the exact same but he only had two total touchdowns last year compared to 11 the year before so when people say he took a step back that doesn't you know i say people jj zacharyson and when he said that it really didn't make sense to me because his touchdowns regressed yeah but the player he put up almost identical per game numbers now i'm not gonna you know i don't have a deep spreadsheet of yards per route run and down and distance and stuff like that i'm not Dwayne mcfarland i'm not matt Harmon. i'm just me all right but i'm a basic guy and when i see when i hear somebody that smart say something like that and i look at the the, the stats the numbers that you would generally look at to say compare x to y and they look the same i'm gonna bring that up so don't sleep on Chase Claypool. I think he's way, 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 way undervalued right now in Dynasty. He's massively undervalued on in best ball as well. Um, and don't hype him up. You know, keep this between us because I want you to win. But I would go get him myself, but I already have him on all my teams. And that's another reason I kind of – it piqued my interest when he said he 
took a step back because as having I had him as rookie year and this last year on a lot of dynasty teams. And I remember it didn't feel very different. Watching the games didn't feel very different. It was just the touchdowns weren't there. And, you know, when he said that, it made me go look and do a little research, and that looks like exactly what it was. So I'm here to tell you, God bless anyone that tells you to fade Chase Claypool or tells you that he took a step back. And maybe he did in some auxiliary metric that I don't give a damn about. But on most of the metrics that you would usually look at, he literally was lockstep with his rookie season except the touchdowns. And if you go back two years ago, people said his touchdowns were going to regress backwards. So in reality, he basically just did exactly what he should have done, in my opinion. So, again, I'm a known Steelers fan, Stan, so don't hold it against me, but you heard it here first. Chase Claypool, don't sleep on him. All right, let's move on to the next one. This is where we really get into the mailbag part. I had a question, a trade question, and it was on one of the YouTube videos. I don't remember who wrote who said it i'm sorry i should write that stuff down next time but the question essentially boiled down to a trade between uh, a player he was saying should i take jerron curse in a 3.8 in a dynasty rookie draft or startup or not startup the rookie draft or kevin byard i thought about it for a minute and i didn't look in the index i like to see where my head's at and then kind of look at the index and see if i'm still in the same spot and then like make adjustments um, and I told him Kevin Byard. So I went and looked in the index and I was still on it. Kevin Byard's a good bit older than Jerron Curse, but he has a track record of being a very, very, very good safety, top end type of safety. Jerron Curse did have a really good year this last year, especially for IDP. But safety, again, is one of those positions where you can be a king in IDP one season and you can be, you know, a bench warmer slash not even in the league the next year. And a guy like Kevin Byard, who has been all pro, um, who's made a difference for a long time. I'm just going to keep riding with him at the safety position because they age gracefully. Go look at Harrison Smith. Go look at Jordan Poyer. And I'm going to ride with him. And so then I checked the index to see how I felt about it. Because a 308 doesn't mean, literally doesn't mean anything to me. Like it means literally nothing to me. Um, and I looked in the index and Kevin Byard, I have him in tier four of the IDP index. And Jerron Curse, I had in tier six. So it made sense. It checked out. My process checked out to where my head was at. I felt good about that. So my guy, there's your answer. Um, thought that was a good good question, you know. And interesting, it's safety for safety, DBDB. Uh, but I, I know the younger prospect is going to look good. But I think you're just going to – I would st- I would stick with Bayard because you have a known commodity with a much longer track record of success. So that's where I went with that one. There was another question on the YouTube channel that said, when do I start taking IDP players in a PPR redraft? And then he gave a little more context here. He said two points per tackle. One point for assist and six points for sacks. He didn't say anything about turnovers. He didn't say anything about interceptions, passes defended. So it's really tough to gauge this question, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. I'm going to just take this at face value and assume that those other scoring plays are maybe one point, even if they exist. So I'm not going to weight them very heavily. In a redraft, and I also don't know how many starting roster spots he has. So this is a very tough question. In redraft, though, my general answer would be probably around you know seven or eight. In IDP one two three scoring format. Now again, with this format being PPR on offense, and me not knowing slash assuming it's a little bit suppressed on defense, um, especially in the number of plays we're actually scoring, I'm going to push that even further. I'm going to push that to. I would get a full starting offensive lineup, maybe even add two or three bench players. So you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
I might wait till round 11, 12 in a redraft league with this format. You're going to see a lot of big name guys kind of go off before you. But if most of your points are coming in from the tackle department, you're going to be able to get very basic tackle production replicated later. And you may even hit on a sleeper like a guy like a Jordan Poyer from last year, not Jordan Poyer, Jordan Brooks from last year, who was one of my sleepers, came in, I uh, believe he had the most or second most tackles in the league, uh, was you know played with Bobby Wagner, and now he's a dynasty top 10 consensus uh, linebacker. Or Logan Wilson, another player who was cheap, later in drafts and was putting up linebacker one numbers early in the season. Um, you know, so you're going to be able to, for, to, to manufacture basic production like that later. So in this type of format, you know, again, where it's PPR, I'm going to wait probably at around 11. And I know that might sound a little bit out there, a little bit crazy, but that's just kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I think there's going to be good value for you, especially if you watch the show, if you check out our rankings, if you are on the Patreon, you're going to see, and everything's tiered out on the, in our Patreon and in our indexes. So you're going to see value and you'll see, Oh, like there's like five guys left in this tier. Like there's no reason for me to reach for so-and-so when, you know, nobody else coming after me is really reaching for that position right now. So I have options and I'm aware that I have good options. You know, maybe the ADP doesn't reflect who they are as a player in sleeper, which generally doesn't or any platform really has a hard time doing that. So if you're watching the stream, drop any more questions. I do have some more questions written down here and that I'm going to get through. Um, appreciate you all being here. We appreciate the IDP Army. Go sign up for the Patreon, you know, all that good stuff. So one of the questions I saw was about Devin Bush, okay? And it was, it was kind of a long question, so I kind of condensed it down to Devin Bush, buy low or sell low. Because... One thing we all can agree on is Devin Bush right now is low. All right. So I'm going to take a look. Where do I have Devin Bush here in the index? He's probably a little too high. Still got him in tier three. Take a look at this production profile here. 762 snaps this last year. Only two tackles for loss. Four passes defended. Only 10 impact plays total. Only 99 total tackles. Tackle rates sustainable right around 13%. Defensive play rate is okay. Points per snap. Honestly, not bad. 0.27 for a linebacker. Uh, and that was an increase from last year. But the problem was, um, you know, kind of getting him onto the field. Only 762 snaps. Played 14 games. You know, so that what does that tell me? That tells me he's not a true full-time player. Something we really hope that he would morph into. Um, and that reflects in his snap share to 2020, two years ago, the year I was hoping he would become a full-time player. And it looked like he may have done that 90% snap share this last year down to 79 total percent snap share. So down 11% snap share up a little bit in his, uh, efficiency. But, you know, if you, you listen to some of the people around, you know, if you look at the situation, just remove Devin Bush and look at what the Steelers are doing with their linebackers, bringing in Miles Jack, bringing in Avery Williamson. Like if you look at all the linebackers that have played middle linebacker for the Steelers since Devin Bush was drafted, it's kind of insane the guys they've had. I mean, they've had um, – who's the older guy that just retired? I cannot remember his name, and I feel like a douche for that. But you guys all know who he is. He had a shit ton of tackle floss like two years ago. He's a beast. Um, then they had, uh, uh, Joe Schobert, a- Avery Williamson has played there. Um, Robert Spillane has played at that inside linebacker position. Miles Jack has played at that inside linebacker position. These are all five players that have actually had really good fantasy production when they're on the field playing for the Steelers. 
while Devin Bush has been there. Um, so that's not a good, not a bullish signal for Devin Bush, unfortunately. So back to my original question, is he a buy low or a sell low? Honestly, that's going to be up to you and your team. Uh, you know, I think depending on when you got him, if you got him during his injury, coming off his injury as a rookie and you didn't pay anything for him, I would just hold him, you know, as a linebacker, three, four flex play every week, there's still going to be something there and that's going to have value week to week. But I don't think that he's going to get to a point where you are going to be. I don't think we're going to talk about him the way that we have talked about Devin White, for instance, where he's kind of probably going to be a perennial top five, top 10 linebacker for the rest of his career. When he came out with Devin Bush, we thought that would be a similar conversation. They would have similar career trajectories. And in a moment, in a, in an early moment, it looked like Devin Bush might have even been the better playmaker, but uh, history has shown us that that was folly. So buy low, sell low. I'm going to say hold, buy low. You know, if you can get him to throw in just for no reason, why not? All right, we got a question from L. Woods here on the YouTube. What are your thoughts on Holcomb, Jamin Davis? Great question. I'm probably going to get this a lot during the offseason. I like them both. Um, I think Holcomb has earned the right to continue to be a starter on the team. He's been doing well. Um, they trust him more than other people they've had come through that building. Um, you know, and Jamin Davis, I think that the fact that he couldn't get on the field last year reflected his ability to play. I mean, straight up and down. So I think we're going to have to watch how the defense deploys him during OTAs, during training camp. Uh, see if they're married, like really, really married to him being that other starter, or if it's like they're it's Holcomb and then they're rotating, you know, the other guys in to kind of like see what they have. Like I, I'm going to be watching that closely. So my thoughts right now are Holcomb. I like. I think you can count on him uh, this next year pretty, 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 pretty easily, unless he gets hurt, obviously. But Jamin Davis, I'm still very hesitant on. Um, and honestly, the way that Washington has drafted the last two or three years, like it's not it's not like a knock on him. It's just like they haven't really given me a lot of reasons to be overly bullish on their abilities to like pick players. Does that make sense? Just doesn't seem like a lot of their picks have really been working out since you know maybe two years. Terry McLaurin seemed like the last really even halfway successful pick they had. And what he's about to get his second contract. You know what I'm saying? So. Not to like knock on Jamin Davis, you know, and one of their best players two years ago from their draft, like a six, third or sixth round player, uh, Cameron Curl. You know, so if you're hitting guys that late and you can't hit these guys in the first round, that's a little scary. So that's my thoughts. Hopefully, I answered your question, L. Um, got a question here, a comment from my man, Hombra Vendor. Oh, here we go. He says, uh, there's another popular fantasy site that says Baltimore is where DBs go to die. We should should we fade Kyle Hamilton? Well, I'm gonna do a Billy is scared to do here, Hombre Vendor, and just say it's football guys. Okay. Uh, apparently, the main head honcho of their IDP department has quoted as saying that Baltimore is where defensive backs go to die. Um, really, that's actually one of the things I was gonna talk about. I agree strongly with that take. Deshaun Elliott was really great for me two years ago. Uh, Chuck Clark was a revelation for a lot of people over the last two years. Marlon Humphrey was the top DB overall two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. If he wasn't, he was top three. Um, Marcus Peters, you can play him as a flex player every single week when he's on the field. I mean, I don't. none of these DBs are dead. You know what I'm saying? And then they go spend a first-round pick on a guy that Three weeks before the draft, people were touting as could go as the number two overall. Okay, so if this guy, football guys, doesn't think Kyle Hamilton is going to be very good, 
he's entitled to that opinion, but I just disagree with it. Um, I don't see any reason to think that. Now, I will say, you know, this last year, their defensive backs were not as good as they had been in years past, but they were all hurt. Chuck Clark got hurt at different times. Sean Elliott got knocked out pretty early in the season. Uh, Marcus Peters got knocked out early in the season. Uh, you know, Marlon Humphrey was missing time. So it was they didn't get a chance to get a full workload. So maybe that's why he feels that way. Maybe that's why he thinks that way. Um, would love to have him on the show to talk about it. Invitations open, curious. But thanks, Billy. Billy, don't be scared to, to just put names on stuff. I mean, if stuff's on the public record, you know, I mean, if people publish stuff I and mean, it's on the internet, you can reference it. You shouldn't be scared of that. My guy, come on. All right. Last thing. Okay. And this came in from somebody who's a subscriber to the Dynasty Index. And this was a good question. He asked me about my ranking. So I had in the Dynasty Index, I had Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson in tier two, as well as Javante Williams and uh, uh, DeAndre Swift. I had them behind <clears throat> Gibson and Josh Jacobs, though. And he asked me, he's like, why do you, you know, this has seemed very counterintuitive compared to a lot of analysts and a lot of stuff I see. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, I'm very, I, like I said, I just told you guys earlier, like, I don't listen to the overall fantasy people. Like I just, I mean, I kind of do uh, to, to get a little taste, but I find that it's best to just kind of reach your own conclusions and just, you know, try to sift out the good from the bad, shall we say. So um, I don't care if people have Swift as their top three dynasty tied running back. That's never going to be me. Okay. Like that will never be me. And that's cool if they do that. But I just wanted to point out to him. I said, you know, Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson. Jacobs has three seasons in a row now where he's gone over 200 touches pretty healthily. Um, yeah, he gets banged up and stuff, but guess what? He goes back out there and drops his other shoulder instead. Jordan Howard style. Okay. Like he doesn't come off the field unless they force him off the field, okay? Um, Antonio Gibson played all last year with a broken fucking foot. He had like 250-some-odd carries, 260. He had like the second or third most carries in the league. And you hear these guys on the underdog shows and on the PFF shows disparaging him like he can't handle a workload and like a third or fourth round running back's going to take his job away. And I'm like, they trusted this man with the entire fucking team on a broken foot last year. Come on, like, put your little metrics away and just look at what's happening, okay? But obviously, like, it's going to be okay for Antonio Gibson. But for the sake of the argument, he asked me, you know, Javante Swift, why aren't they higher? I will give you, talent-wise, yeah, they're both a lot better, you know? But they're also in different situations. Javante just went a 50-50 split. Like, literally, I've never seen a split so 50-50 as I saw with Melvin Gordon last year. We don't know that that's going to change at all. We don't know that at all, okay? So why would I make that sort of assumption that he's going to get some sort of larger workload? He was great with what he had last year. What he finished top 20, 22, 23, that's a great spot. That means there's upside. We'll say Melvin misses a couple of games. Let's say he gets a couple more touchdowns. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, you're pushing top 12. Love that for him. But the reality is, if you still have Melvin Gordon there, who has now outlasted Todd Gurley, who, you know, has now out, looks like he's going to outlast Zeke at this point. Um, I mean, fuck, he may outlast Derrick Henry, you know, if they keep giving him all those runs. And it's Melvin Gordon. Like, he's not bad. I don't know. Like, he, he's pretty good running back. Sometimes he fumbles a little bit. Ain't no big deal. All right. Get off my man back. He all right. All right. But I just wanted to point out, for the sake of the talent and the age, I did swap them. And the reason I felt okay doing that 
I don't feel like I'm moving back on my morals and kind of my overall stance is they're in the same tier. Okay. So I have a pretty big, my tier two running backs is pretty big because there's a, you know, it's not quite the dead zone, but I mean, some of these guys, you know, a top 13 running back. Cool. But I mean, that same guy could finish top four. So I kind of have this pretty big tier of running, like, you know, this, this tier of tier two. So I had them a little lower. I moved Swift and I moved Javante up just a little bit to get them above Jacobs and above Antonio Gibson uh, because those guys do have more wear and tear on them. I'll give you that. And they do have, um, you know, the narrative around it is a little scary. Fine. I'll conform slightly to the overall bearings of the fantasy football narrative gods. But same tier. And if it's me on the board, I ain't taking Swift. And I ain't taking Javante. Just being honest with you. I'll wait another round or two. Because Josh Jacobs is going to get a ton of cheap touchdowns this year off of the back of Devontae Adams. All right. Antonio Gibson, I don't know who they drafted as their second running back. But again, the team gave him 200 some odd carry for the broken foot last year. All right. Like things are going to be okay for those two. I don't understand why we are fading them quite as much as we are. Um, but I appreciate the fellow who brought that up. I don't remember your name, my guy. I'm sorry, but thank you for bringing that up. Cause it was a good, it was an interesting exercise for me to go through in my head. Like, why do I have these guys a little bit more ahead of them? And again, I, I did move them. I don't feel like I went back on my principles on that, but I do think it's a fair argument given wear and tear and age. Now, again, with Jacobs and Gibson, we have a little bit more of a, a resume of long-term success. Gibson, yeah, we got some long runs. We got some, you know, 18 catch games, whatever. Javante, we got some big runs. Awesome. Love that for them. Let's get them fuckers, you know, 18, 19 touches a game, like we're talking about with Gibson and Jacobs. You know what I'm saying? Every game, then we might, you know, then maybe I'll feel a little bit stronger about it. Maybe we'll move them up a tier. So, guys, girls, ladies, gentlemen. Thought that was a pretty fun episode. You know, I need to do more mailback episodes. And actually, I do plan on doing more mailback episodes. So get at us. I already told you all spots to do that, so I'm not going to repeat it. I will say this. Um, for the next two months, myself and the OP boys will be doing a joint pod. We're basically going to do alternate. One week it'll be OP. One week it'll be IDP Army. Same show. It'll be all four of us, and we're going to cover the divisions. Yes, I know everyone else is doing it. That's great. We're going to do it different. We're going to do it better. We're going to do it awesome. Join us. We're going to go through every team and every division, offense and defense. All right. Not just offense, not the same rehash nonsensical bullshit you always hear everywhere else. We're going to cover the defensive side too. We're going to give you our sleepers. We're going to give you some players that we are drafting, players whose ADPs do not match what they could be. And we're going to have a good time doing it. We're probably going to make some fireball bets. We're probably going to give away some merch. We're going to have a good time. Then we're going to try to, on top of doing that for the podcast, we're going to try and cut those up into episodes based on the team, and then get those on the YouTube channel. So, doesn't that sound like a really nice thing of us to do for you guys? I think I think it's pretty cool. Um, so, do me a big favor. Go subscribe to our Patreon. Thumbs up this video. Share it. Like it. Do everything you can. Give us that cold, hard cash because we're trying to grow this business. I want to do this shit full time. Three years deep. Putting out a lot of cool content, meeting a lot of awesome people. You know, let's let's get this shit. Let's get this bad boy up and rolling, ladies and gentlemen. Let's Let's make the IDP army as indestructible as I know it can be and a force for or for good and innovation in the fantasy community. So, I'll see you in an underdog draft. Peace.